1: Welcome back in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Maganya Kramer Sansone in the background helping us keep this thing moving. And to uh, Kramer's dismay, the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely dominant win over the Las Vegas Raiders. They take it down 31-13. to Chiefs now claim the lone AFC buy. Ensure that Patrick Mahomes... Undefeated streak uh, against the AFC West on the road continues and they do it. And I think Rocky, the most dominant win that we've seen from them in a while now. Like, there's not a lot to pick apart from this game that isn't a positive for the Chiefs. Like, this is the exact kind of performance that I think we needed to see ahead of the playoffs. Now they get a bye, and that could wind up being huge because Frank Clark left today's game with the groin injury. So you obviously don't want to lose any pass rush depth ahead of the postseason. But you get the bye, you lock up the one seed in the AFC, and you do it with an impressive win on the road. Just not much to complain about on my end from today's performance, Rocky.
2: I tell you what, anytime the score is a palindrome, I'm happy. You know, it's just one of those weird things. It just makes you smile. You know, especially when the Chiefs are on the front end and it's a and it starts with a three. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Kramer, but you guys are still looking for a quarterback. It looks like a Stidham is not is not him. Uh, it was just a dominant performance by our Kansas City Chiefs from front to back. Um, they even had time to to bust out some nursery rhymes and do a little bit of ring around the rosy pre snap coming out of the huddle and. It was just a fun game to watch as a Chiefs fan. Honestly, like it, it, it's crazy because you 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 knew coming into today's game that the first round buy for the playoffs is on the line. Like this was something that the Chiefs had a lot to play for today, and it was a weird week leading up to it. And they came out and they didn't just like just dominate the Raiders from front to back. They gave us a really entertaining game to watch in the process. Like this was like one of the funnest Chiefs games to watch all season, I think.
1: So I'm going to be honest with the Arrowhead Pride listeners. If you're watching us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, you can hear it later on, on the podcast, but it's a, a division title, another AFC buy, another top seed performance for the Kansas City Chiefs heading into the postseason. And it's a Saturday night. So that means it's time for a beer, Rocky. We got something to celebrate got a nice quiet week next week, heading into the playoffs. It's a really big deal for the Kansas city chiefs. And, you know, it's, it, it doesn't come under the best set of circumstances, but all they can do is play things out and they play and it all played to their advantage. They are now the number one seed in the AFC. And we know that for a fact moving forward, depending on how these games play out the rest of the weekend, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs will play either the Chargers, Ravens, Jaguars or Titans in two weeks, and they ensure that they are only one win away from a fifth straight AFC championship game. Just another incredible regular season from the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes locked up the NFL MVP today. He was kind of running away with it with the Jalen Hurts injury and. Really just uh, another incredible regular season that I hope keeps moving forward for uh, several weeks here into February as we head into the playoffs.
2: Listen, the real season begins today. You know, uh, the regular season was great. It was awesome to get another um, AFC West title. It's great to get the bye, but the job's not finished yet. And this is where it gets fun. Like This is where, you know, the rubber meets the road and everything that matters is all ahead of us at this point and to that i also salute you with a little bit of scotch there my friend steven and anybody in Cheese kingdom if you guys enjoy libations at all and can handle (laughs) those responsibly i encourage you to raise a glass with us as well
1: it's saturday night uh i'm hoping we get a jaguars win here because i would much rather see jacksonville in the postseason than tennessee uh just from an entertainment perspective. So hopefully the good times do move forward on Saturday evening, but it's time to celebrate like chiefs are in the playoffs. Once again, they're the number one seed. They get the buy and they do it in impressive fashion. We've been, we've covered this team all year long, Rocky. And, you know, despite the fact that they're 14 and three, there's been a lot of hair pulling at times this season, a lot of frustration with this team. And, there was a different atmosphere around today's game. Andy Reed was totally in his bag of tricks. Like we got full blown playoff Andy, especially in the first half of that football game. And we'll get into the offense here on the arrowhead pride, rapid reaction show. I want to remind you guys to uh, use the hashtag AP rapid reaction. In the comment section. We'll try to get to some of your observations from the game later on in the show. And if you're listening to us on the podcast page, we will have all the post game press conferences available for you immediately after the show. But We have to start off with the defense, and this has been the biggest question mark for this Chiefs team all season long. A lot of highs and lows for this defense this season, but they've been coming on really strong over the last month, and I was messaging with you guys during the game, like, this is the kind of defensive performance that we needed to see from them ahead of the playoffs, that we needed to feel confident in, Oh, it's not just that they've been playing sub 500 teams over the last month. The, the, the defense has been looking stronger and the Raiders are certainly that, but you just needed the defense to put together a strong enough performance to where you feel confident in them getting stops in the playoffs and getting off the field on third down. And they did that from start to finish today. Like I I was just really, really impressed with this chiefs defense. They had a dominant first half. I I think they wound up sacking Jared Siddham six times today, Chris Jones ties his career high with two and a half sacks on the day. George Karloftis looked great. Mike Dana looked great. Carlos Dunlap looked great. Frank Clark does leave the game with a groin injury. So that's a bummer for Frank. Hopefully he's fine for the playoffs. Now they get the buy. They get the time to get healthy, get McCall Hardman back on the field. And just really from start to finish, especially coming off of last week where Jared Siddham kind of lit up the San Francisco 49ers, the best defense in the NFL for them to come out and have this kind of performance, and then when you think back to their previous matchup against the Raiders where Devontae Adams absolutely torched them, this defense played incredible today, and it's the exact kind of performance that I was looking for ahead of the playoffs. I mean,
2: George Karloftis, six sacks in seven games. I mean, you, if, you, if you spread that out over the course of an entire season, if he played in the first half of the season like he played in the second half of the season, the guy's an, an all-pro. I mean, we're talking, you know, he's looking at around 14 sacks, and he's he's right up there with Chris Jones. Uh, and then you got you got Colin Sanders out there looking like Aaron Donald <laughs> in the fourth quarter. I mean, I'm going to give Colin Sanders two sacks today because he, if Jared Stidham hadn't intentionally grounded it, he would have gotten a, another sack there. And then we can't we can't forget Mike Dana. Mike Dana has two forced fumbles. I don't even know if that second forced fumble was ruled a sack or if he was past the line of scrimmage, but – I mean, you got to get, I'd give him a sack on that too. I mean, the defensive line was just all over the place. From the jump today, George Karloftis and uh, Carlos Dunlap were adding pressure on the edges. Carlos Dunlap, I don't think, got a sack today, which is a shame because he was in Stidham's face from the very, very beginning. And Stidham had no time back there at all. He was, they like, said, had a lot of rushing yards because Stidham was under a lot of pressure and he was able to, to his credit, evade the pressure pretty well for the most part in the first half. But I mean, he had no time to throw and how many of his throws did he get hit as he threw? And they just kind of wafted in the air and you were either intercepted or fell harmlessly to the ground.
1: It's, and I understand the Raiders offensive line certainly isn't the best offensive line in the NFL, but it's the kind of dominant performance that we absolutely needed to see. And we needed to see it from those guys up front, right? Because you know, the secondary has some question marks like Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed. They both had nice games today. Uh, Justin Reed has a sack. He also comes up with a huge third down stop. And then Juan Thornhill has the pick in the first half. Like you need to see those guys make plays and it's great to see them make plays. But I still have question marks about the chief secondary and, you know, group of cornerbacks overall. But to see the Chiefs defensive line dominate up front from start to finish like that, it, it, it makes you feel confident in them going into the playoffs where the competition level is going to go way up. And it, it, it's not just the sacks. It, it, it's that you want to see them just be disruptive. You want to see them and do it consistently because that's something that they've struggled with throughout the season. And you know Spags has a lot of times throughout the year had to... Dial up the blitzes to try to get some pressure. You need those guys up front to continuously win and to do it on a consistent basis. And so to do this right ahead of the postseason is just huge for this defense. And Chris Jones just continues his dominance. season. it's he's an absolute force. Tyson's career high in sacks 15 and a half uh, to put an exclamation point on the performance. Just A a remarkable run by this defense, this game, and and an incredible way to put an exclamation point on the season that has come with a lot of growing pains with all the young members of that defense, and we're seeing George Karloff just really come on strong and look like he can be a difference maker for them down the stretch. So credit to Spags. It was a tough week. It was a weird week around the NFL. It was the longest week I feel like I've ever gone through in in the NFL with Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, who – is tweeting today and posting things and making everybody feel good. And it's such an incredible story across the league Uh, for the chiefs to stay focused and and know that they had to handle business to make sure that they locked up this one seed tonight. It's just huge. And I think it says a lot about where they are mentally right now ahead of the playoffs and the rest of the AFC should be paying attention to the way the chiefs just won that football game.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that it speaks to the coaching staff and the experience this coaching staff has in the NFL that in such a weird week with so many emotions surrounding the DeMar Hamlin situation. And it being such, I mean, such a long feeling week. Like it, it seems like Monday night was like a month ago, almost to an extent at this point. And for Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo and Eric bien and even, you know what, even Dave, Dave today, even Uncle Dave Tobe, to get the team refocused on the, on the job at hand and to go out there and execute at the level that they did, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's hats off to them. That was just, it was a great coaching performance all the way around. Um, And, and, and it's, I mean, there's just, there's, there's no other way to to cut it. You know, I'll tell you this, 14 and three in a rebuilding year is one hell of a rebuild. Steven Serta. We're talking, we rebuilt the entire secondary, you know, there's all the discussion, about the offense, which we'll get to here in a little bit, but to go out and to, and 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 to go through an entire seventeen game schedule and come out with fourteen wins, fourteen wins is something to tip your cap at. Like that is a that yeah. is a good season, and I don't care what division you play in. You play in the NFL. I don't care how bad the Las Vegas Faders are or the the JV Raiders, however you want to call them. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, and and you know what? The best thing about today, like we like we got the buy in the playoffs. That's great. That's great. I love that. We uh, we 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 finished strong all these things. But you know what was even better? We swept the Raiders this year and we ended on a strong note and we beat the Raiders. Like beating the Raiders almost feels as good as a win as a playoff win <laughs> in my book, Steven. There's nothing better to me than to stomp the Raiders in their death star, which is really just Arrowhead West hmm. with our flag planted below it. I mean hey okay,
1: just, okay. you're just pouring amazing. salt in the wounds of Kramer. Yeah <laughs> right yeah now. yeah. I feel I like am. this is I feel like this is directly sh- taking shots at our poor guy Kramer right now. Not Ooh. taking
2: them at Kramer, taking them at all of Raider Nation and Josh McDaniels himself. You sir are a bad coach and you're an imposter.
1: Well, I I pretty much agree with all of that. But from our guy, Ron Cop here at Arrowhead Pride, through the first half, the Chiefs had 22 more sacks this season than they had last year. And they even tacked on a couple more in the second half. And, you know, just taking a minute to kind of acknowledge that in this defensive rebuild, it's pretty remarkable what the Chiefs have done this season. And you know, I, I remember back to the offseason, Rocky, and all of the red flags that we had about the defensive end position for this team and how are they going to rush the passer? Frank Clark has to get cut. He's not going to be a Kansas City Chief. And they bring him back and you're like, what are you doing? What's going on here? And you know, they roll into the season with Mike Dana, who went healthy. Mike Dana has been a monster for this defensive line. Colin Saunders has really stepped up and had the first real healthy season of his career and looked like he can be a playmaker for them and you know he's in a contract season too so Colin Saunders is playing his tail off trying to get a new deal because he's probably not going to be a chief next year and Carlos Dunlap uh just the the ball swatting machine that is Carlos Dunlap and, and how that's carried over to a player like George Karloftis like that's that's a skill that this defensive line has put together this season that impacts the game on a weekly basis. And it's something that they're really good at. And Chris Jones just having one of the best seasons of his career. I think it probably is the best season of his career, probably just on a, on a down to down per game basis, like a lot of credit to this Kansas city chiefs defense. That's the exact kind of performance that we wanted to see ahead of the playoffs. But we got to get into the offense. Now. I, I knew I wanted to ramble about the defense because that was the biggest takeaway from this game for me, but the offense was good today too. And the offense was fun, Rocky. And they did it with ease. Like when they were on the football field, it seemed like they were moving things with ease. They opened things up with a 66 yard bomb to Justin Watson. It's the chief's longest play from scrimmage all season, which seems absolutely insane. Like It just – you could tell from the very first opening drive of the Kansas City Chiefs that, no, we're not going to play around today. We're not going to play down to the competition. We're not going to mess around. We're going to go get this playoff by so we can get a week off and get healthy before the competition really ramps up. And I think they did it from the opening snap. Andy Reid was absolutely in the playoff play calling bag today, and I thought you saw it from start to finish for the most part.
2: Oh, without a doubt. And, I mean – I think I said it last week, too. I'm going to say it again. All I need each each week is one game out of Justin Watson for him to suck me back in. You know, I'm officially back on the Justin Watson train. We got to keep him on our team. He's amazing. I love Justin Watson. But even more so, I think that that we, we, first of all, the first thing I think we need to lead off with here for the offense is to acknowledge that Patrick Mahomes just produced more yards in a single season than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL. And I don't care that it's a 17-game schedule now because guess what? It wasn't always a 16-game schedule. And, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the nature of records is that the, as, as the schedules expand, those records get beat. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes went out there, took his claim, and he has the record for the most yards of any quarterback in a season in Kansas City. And that's awesome. Like, our guy is the most prolific quarterback season that there has been yards-wise in the history Of the NFL. And this came on a day where he didn't have his best statistical day, but he didn't need to because the defense was playing so well and he was so efficient. He had what, 72% completion percentage this game? I mean, it was an amazing game from him. They just didn't need a lot of yards out of him.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. And it it didn't necessarily play out offensively the way that I thought. Like, I thought Andy Reid was really going to try to push Patrick Mahomes to get that record. And it didn't really work out that way. But I'm fine with it not working out that way because it was such a solid offensive showing and they were doing a lot of things easy and, and and it didn't seem like anything was difficult today. And there wasn't the miscues that we've seen over the last couple of weeks offensively. And so I I never, my faith never wavered in the offense this season. Like I still think this offense can go toe to toe with any offense in football and, and put up as many points as anyone in the league, But it was the miscues and the sloppy play. And so we get a game where they finally, there's not a ton of that. There's not a lot of things to nitpick about that offensive performance. And that's just what you wanted to see. And, you know, it it took until week 18 for them to finally lean into the run game a little bit, especially in the short yardage situations. Like we saw three rushing touchdowns today. Kadarius Tony had a rushing touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco had a rushing touchdown ronald jones was in the mix a little bit more than normal i have to imagine that's just a week 18 thing like just give rojo some reps and let him put put some plays on tape for when he you know hits free agency this offseason and, and give some guys some rest but overall it, it was a really impressive offensive showing and Jerick mckinnon continues the touchdown streak to six games like I, I, there's just not a lot to nitpick about this game plan offensively, and Travis Kelsey had kind of a quiet day, but still had some key catches when they needed him to. And o- overall, there's a couple of negatives that I could lean into, Rocky, but I'm not going to. We're we're celebrating. We're we're in a good mood right now, and I, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to take away from this game offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs is what Kadarius Toney could be for this offense moving forward into the playoffs and next season. If they can keep him healthy, he just brings a different dimension to the field that you can tell. Like when Tyreek Hill took that field for the Kansas City Chiefs, you knew more often than not, he was different than everybody else on the football field. And Kadarius Toney has a little bit of that. I'm not calling him Tyreek Hill, but when he touches the football, He just flashes things that you're like, they don't have another guy on the offense that can do that. They don't have another guy on the offense that can create where there's nothing that can slide through tackles that can juke guys out of their shoes. And he's going to be key for them moving forward down this playoff run. Kadarius Tony is going to play a huge role on this offense moving forward.
2: I mean, we're just scratching the tip of the surface with Kadarius Tony's uh, ability and possibility within an Andy Reid offense. Um, yeah. I don't think that he is a, uh, he's, he's, he's Tyree kill by any means. Like, you know, that's a, that's a very big claim, but I think on the broadcast they compared him to Percy Harvin. I think that's more of a fair comparison for him. Um, I think that uh, that this offense, if for the one of the very first times the last couple of weeks, like we really haven't seen it full strength for quite a while, but like to your point, what we really needed to see was a clean performance across all three faces of the game, which is what we got today. Um, but just from the offensive perspective, you know, you, you look at it and yeah, you could nitpick, you could say, okay, well I wish MVS would high point the ball a little bit better or cut back and go vertical. instead of just lazily yeah, that's my trying to run through it. You could say that, but you know what, at the same time, why go there? Not today. Not today, Satan. Today, this is a this is a celebratory day. And instead, we're going to talk about how Kedarius Tony is one of the greatest weapons the Chiefs have had in a long time. If, if we get McCool Hardman back, it's just another weapon that's going to even be at another element to this offense that we haven't seen yet. And everybody's going to have fresh legs. Like, that's the whole thing. And if, and if, and if all of this is with Travis Kelsey kind of going into hibernation the last few weeks a little bit, great, great. You don't need Kelsey right now. You didn't need Kelsey to have a big game today to put points on the board. But guess what? He's still gonna be there when you need him in the playoffs. Like, like the, don't think don't think for a second that the fact that they're going through McKinnon and Tony and these guys means that they forgot about Kelsey. Like, no, Kelsey's still Kelsey and he's still out there. And when it comes crunch time in the playoffs, I guarantee you that Mahomes is gonna be looking this direction.
1: And we saw some interesting formations today from Andy Reed. The ring around the rosy play is the one that obviously stands out the most. Um, Just an incredible play call that succeeded, but gets uh, negated because of a penalty, which is a huge bummer. Um, But it it was really cool to see Andy Reed kind of dive into the bag and bust some of that stuff out. And like you were just talking about Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey ends the season on a six game scoreless streak after he was on a run earlier in the season where it seemed like he was going to challenge Rob Gronkowski's tight end touchdown record and then doesn't find the end zone for six consecutive games to end the year. But I have to imagine some of the formation, some of the play calls, some of the designs that we saw today from Andy Reed, we're going to get a lot of that stuff for Travis Kelsey come the playoffs that the chiefs weren't willing to dust off today. Yeah. Let's do some of the cute stuff with Kadarius Tony. And we've seen it over the last couple of weeks with Jarek McKinnon. And build that up, build that up, build that up. So defenses are like, okay, we have to respect those guys more. We have to lean into those guys more. And then Andy Reid's going to bust something out for Travis Kelsey in the playoffs. And it's going to wind up being a huge play for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I agree with you. I am not worried about Travis Kelsey whatsoever. It's, I, I just think it kind of had to do with the way the Chiefs started playing things over the last month or so, over the last like five, four or five games where, they start kind of working into playoff mode, and Andy Reid starts changing things up a little bit. But Kelsey's going to be a huge part of the offense come the postseason. So I'm not worried about that whatsoever. I, I think I I think the San Francisco 49ers offensive performance was probably the most impressed I've been with the Chiefs offensively all season. But this one was up there just because I know that there's another gear that they can take it to. There's another notch that they can take it to in the playoffs. And that's why. I'm flying high tonight. I'm feeling good about the Kansas City Chiefs as we move to the playoffs.
2: Oh, 100 percent And you know what's going to happen once we get to the playoffs? We'll be playing Jacksonville or somebody. And they're going to be and Dougie P is going to be gearing up for Jarek McKinnon and Kadarius Toney and all this stuff. And it's just going to be nothing but Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith Schuster for the entire game. Like each one of them is going to go for like 189 and two touchdowns apiece because this whole time Andy Reese just had this entire playbook of plays for those guys that he hasn't been touching in the most in recent weeks, whatever you think that the chiefs are going to do in the playoffs, Andy Reed is going to Bob when you're weaving and he's going to catch you with a sucker punch. I mean, I'm pretty confident in that. Whatever another team thinks Andy Reed's going to do, he's going to end up doing the exact opposite. Heck, he might run the ball 40 times just to, just to make a point because nobody's expecting it and end up winning the game. You know, I have full faith in Andy Reid to come up with a game plan moving forward if he has his team playing because just is you want to peak at the right time right and the Chiefs I would say right now this game right here if you're talking about a team peaking we've been talking about they've just been trying to get through the regular season trying to get through the regular season but now all of a sudden at the right time they decided okay let's turn on the gas and let's peak let's peak it's go time like we've been warming up for the last five weeks and now it's go time so let's go
1: Well, and and I think another key here is the offensive line and their play uh, down the stretch this season where they've shown a lot more consistency recently. And, you know, maybe Trey Smith was really banged up. Joe Tooney's been banged up, and Tooney's probably still banged up. But Trey Smith seems to have finally gotten healthy, and he's looking like the mauler that we know he can be. And uh, as far as the offensive line goes, like, There's still some inconsistency there, but they've been better overall. They put together stronger performances and they've looked more consistent, which is going to be huge going against some of these pass rushers that you're going to see in the postseason. And, you know, even today, Orlando Brown had a couple of bad moments. Andrew Wiley had a bad moment where Max Crosby just absolutely worked him and, and sacked Patrick Mahomes. But overall, Great offensive performance. I I feel really good about them now heading into the playoffs after that game against the Raiders and Rocky, before we get out of here, before we get to your guys observations, the special teams gave me nothing to complain about today. That in itself is a huge win. Like they actually put together a reasonable special teams performance. They didn't turn it over. They didn't miss anything. Harrison Bucker did almost miss a PAT. It was really, really close, but it counted. It counted. He got the point. It all worked out today for the chiefs on special teams. They put it all together. It was a complete performance. And that is all that matters ahead of the playoffs. I'm not come. I-, I don't want to talk about the special teams again. Hopefully that fixed everything. The one performance Dave Tobe put together this season where the, where the special teams didn't impact the game in a negative way. Let's let let's cross our fingers and hope and pray that that carries over the postseason. He
2: said this week that the special teams' best days were ahead of him, and that they had, that he feels like they had fixed their problems, and there's going to be better moving forward. Well, I tell you what, guess what? Today, Tommy Townsend, you caught all your caught all your snaps, and you got the ball down, and it went through the uprights. And then when you punted the ball, it went really, really far, and then stopped deep, and uh, deep in, on their side of the field. Like Tommy Townsend had an amazing game as a punter today. Uh, the re- nobody dropped a punt. Nobody dropped a kickoff. Nobody fumbled a kickoff. I mean, this is just this is all sunshine and roses from a special team standpoint. And if the Chiefs can continue to do this moving forward, and just this, I don't have to do anything more than this. Just just keep it right here where we're at right now, yes. and we're great. Like just, like just
1: don't shoot the offense in the yeah. foot. That's all you got to do. Touchbacks. Let let it go through the end zone. Yeah. Don't put the offense in a bad position and the chief special teams at least did that today. So nothing to complain about for the first time in a while about the special teams that, that just highlights uh, what a great day it was for the Kansas city chiefs. They take down the Raiders 31 to 13, clench up the AFC by, and now our eyes are going to turn towards the, the rest of these playoff scenarios. So we can see who the chiefs could potentially match up with, Uh, in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs, it's just a big time performance by them and just a a really impressive win for them and an exclamation point to wrap up the regular season. Uh, I want to remind you guys, if you are listening on the podcast page, uh, remember that we will have all the post game press conferences for you uh, immediately after the show, but let's wrap things up with some comments from our audience. Which happens first? Mark Davis gets a haircut without a pole involved, or he digs up the turf to remove the chief flag jinx. Um, Well, I mean, they might have started that. The field looked like garbage, as many people pointed out ahead of the football game. So it, it feels like maybe they put all their money into the facilities there and not actually taking care of their football field. But I think at this stage in life, Mark Davis is probably taking that haircut to the grave.
2: Yeah. I'm going to say option C <laughs> that the world ends or, you know, Las Vegas falls into a gigantic sinkhole and disappears off the face of the planet because a Mark Davis is never changing that haircut, no matter how much he looks like one of the little rascals until he, you know, at, at age 68 or whatever he is. And then B he's not digging up that field. Cause he's still paying Gruden money and he can't afford to, you know, at this point, you know, you Like they, like they couldn't, they couldn't risk Derek Carr getting injured, and so they just gave up on their season. Like they're not the most cash-rich team. He, he's not digging up an entire field to get rid of a flag. Like he's stuck being cursed until the end of time. And I'm, I'm great with it. Like, like this is, this is perfect. It's a perfect scenario.
1: (laughs) I would slightly prefer to play Buffalo than Cincinnati, even on a neutral field. The Bengals scare me. I, they're both really good football teams we'll never know how that game would have played out on Monday night but you know through a drive and a half in that football game Cincinnati looked like they were firing on all cylinders like Cincinnati is a really good football team who has really peaked at the right time but they're both extremely talented teams that you're likely gonna have to face in the playoffs if you want to get back to another Super Bowl
2: yeah Um, at some point, you got to face your fears. I don't. I don't really want to play either one of them either. Like they scare me. And my biggest fear is that this situation with Demar Hamlin has galvanized uh, Buffalo even further, and that they're just going to be they're going to be playing all out every single snap and just be playing out of their minds football the rest oh. of the way. And if they do, I, I fully expect them to. They should, you know, after everything that they've been and through.
1: It's worth mentioning that you. know, know they lost the chiefs in the divisional round last year but that was obviously one of the greatest playoff games that we've ever seen but the last time buffalo has come to kansas city arrowhead has not really affected them all that much like buffalo is not scared to play in kansas city it'll be a neutral field but they're not scared of the chiefs like the buffalo is up to the task of beating the chiefs and same with the Bengals. so until the chiefs win in the playoffs over one of those teams you have to continue to have a little bit of fear about them because they're really good football teams
2: they're both excellent football teams. And so, yeah, hopefully they both slip up. And, and I guess the,
1: the Chiefs have already beaten the Bills in the postseason, but you, you get what I'm, I'm saying there. Mm-hmm. The biggest sigh of relief today to me was the special teams. Yeah, it's – I can't tell you how thrilled I am that they did not have a negative play today. It's been weeks. It's been weeks, Rocky, since they've had a positive game where – they didn't have one thing go catastrophically wrong on special teams. So that's a huge win. That's going to be the most underrated win coming out of this thing. And Bucker was questionable with back spasms yeah. and brought Matthew right back in. And the fact that there was no negative special teams plays today is going to be the most underrated part of this win.
2: Well, the fact that Bucker's fighting through back spasms is, is one of the big Big stories too. As you know, good job, Bucker got in it out and, and get because if there was going to be a situation where there's going to be an issue with the Chiefs special teams today, it was on that field goal at the end of the first half, right? Like like we saw that you know last week. You know the Chiefs get the ball back deep in the deep in the territory, they they get themselves in the field goal range, and then Bucker misses it. So part of you was holding your breath, thinking, "Oh, here we go again." But he put it through the uprights, and so you know what? It's all roses,
1: baby. Like heck yeah good job harrison we love you he, he tried his hardest uh on yeah. that pat that was really really oh, close yeah. So, uh, you know big win Kansas not chiefs clinch the number one seed in the afc they get the first round by uh depending on how situations play out the rest of the way tonight the jacksonville jaguars take on the tennessee titans for a win and in scenario and there's a lot of other playoff implications that are going to unfold on sunday so by Monday, we should know what the playoff picture is going to look like and we could have an idea of who the Chiefs could potentially play in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs, but again, huge win, dominant win, the exact kind of win that you want to see ahead of the postseason. Chiefs take down the Raiders 31 to 13 and it's another fun regular season, Rocky. Been another really, really strong regular season and hopefully we'll have a lot more celebratory shows moving forward in the playoffs.
2: Heck yeah, baby.
1: Three more, right? That's what we need. Three more shows? Yes. All right. Yes. Three more. Three more, hopefully coinciding in a Super Bowl win. We'll see. We'll have everything that you need to know at arrowheadpride.com. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. You can follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magania. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys on Monday with the next edition of the Arrowhead Drive, and we'll have plenty to discuss breaking down the Chiefs' playoff scenarios. As always, we appreciate you listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs clinched the top seed in the AFC with a 31-13 win over the Las Vegas Raiders. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, defensive lineman Chris Jones, and linebacker Nick Bolton. Here's Andy Reid.
5: Throughout the game, so normally when your defense on an away game doesn't have to worry about the noise, they were going to have to worry about it today, and that's a. My hat goes out to our fans. Um, I thought our run defense and pass defense were tremendous. The fourth down stand I thought kind of set the tempo for for the game. Um, as we went, Mike Dana, with the he doesn't get mentioned very often, with a couple of sacks in there, along with Chris Jones and um, and George. So our defensive front I thought starts with them and. I thought they played played well. Our young our, our young defensive secondary, I thought, also played well. Especially the safeties. They again, they don't get a lot of credit for what they do, but I thought they really played played well um, and very aggressive. Um, on offense, uh, starts with the offensive line, uh, just like it does on the other side with the defensive line. I, I thought we did a good job against what I thought was a, a good defensive front. Um, both 98, and 99 are good good rushers and our guys did a good job there, so um, it was good to see KT get a back-to-back uh, a game like that and back-to-back touchdowns. One got called back, and he got another one right after that. So he's tough to tough to bring down, and great quickness. Um, Justin Watson starting it off with the with the big catch. Pat was on fire, uh, 105 quarterback rating again. I mean, he's throwing these things out there like they're nothing. And uh, uh, but that was a big play again, setting a, setting the tempo. Um, and then Kelsey again, uh, doing what he's done. I know he came up a couple catches short of, uh, the record, but he, uh, in my mind, he's got the record. So, and then Juju and, uh, you know, all the guys, I mean, they, they all played, they all played well. So, uh, the receiving core and then Tommy on special teams, uh, I mean, what a weapon he's become. So I thought he, he really, um, did a nice job kicking the ball, punting the ball. It was good for Butt to get the um, get a field goal in there too. So with that, time's yours. Uh, yeah, I think. Listen, I think it's a a good thing. I, I mean, you, you still got to take care of business. Our guys understand that. We'll, you know, we'll give them a couple days, a few days off there um, next week, and then get them back in and, and towards the end of the week and and, and get some uh, get some practice in there, but and then start the regular week after that. But uh, to just take a step back and get yourself where you feel stronger and healthier and so on, So mentally and physically is a good thing.
3: Obviously, you have got the number one seed before, but you had a lot of changes in this offseason. What was the challenge about getting this
5: particular thing to this guy? Yeah, well, I, was, I give credit to the coaches and the players for that. Uh, <clears throat> it started with – with pat taking the guys the receiving core that's where he had a bunch of uh new guys that he was gonna have to deal with in just a split second so uh and with accuracy and he he was able to do that and get get him on the, the same page he's taking a bow back there um and then uh, um you know defensively with our with all the young guys that brett brought in uh not only were they tremendous players but they're um, They've they worked like crazy to step up and do the job that they did. Particularly in the secondary, every week they got a little bit better. So, I, you know, but my hat goes off to the coaches. Coaches worked hard. Players worked hard. Good things. Good things have happened to this point. We still have some games left here, so we we need to take care of business on that. Andy, uh, the, the spinning
3: huddle. Have you been watching the 1948 Rose Bowl film again, or where, where'd that come from? <clears throat>
5: uh well you saw how it ended up that's a benefit um so it's just to create a little bit of confusion and then line up in something that's not familiar uh to the to the opposing team i thought the guys executed it well we ended up with a holding the holding call on it, but uh they did they did good with it and the players enjoy doing that stuff so a little creativity that they they come up with these things so we just throw them out there and let them work them that's what i want to ask you about You do, but you want to score too. I mean, that's a uh, um, that's it's not fun when you're not doing that. Can't be a idea. Well, they, we've done it. We've kind of messed around with it in practice, but Pat, we call it the laboratory. In there, he gets the guys down there, and then they they, they don't put their name on it. They just bring it to me, and <clears throat> I've got fifty one percent of the vote. So if I like it, you know, we go with it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, we had, it was in the Christmas spirit. It was reindeer personnel and, and then Arctic circle here. We, you know, so. coach, you seem
3: to dominate physically both sides of the football today. Did that surprise you at all that? The Raiders just
5: seemed like they, I thought the, listen, I think Josh has done a heck of a job now. I mean, nobody's had more close games than what he's had. And that's in your first year. I mean, that's a, it's a tribute to him and his guys for playing like they do. So. Um, we knew that coming in here, that they were playing well. I mean, they just held the 49ers to that last week, and, and so we, we need to make sure they got our complete attention. Um, but our, our guys did a good job. You know, we, we needed to get the three phases working together, and I, I thought the guys uh, did that. All three phases showed up and, and did a nice job. Coach, what was the preparation now, going from Derek Carr to Jarrett Stidham, just in your preparation, getting ready for a different guy who's kind of a dual-threat guy, unlike Carr? Yeah, so I didn't know much about Stidham other from his college tape, and <clears throat> I really liked him coming out. Um, Derek Carr I got a ton of respect for. I've had a chance to coach him in the Pro Bowl. and um, So both of them, uh, you know, Stidham for a young guy, got, it looks like he has a nice career ahead of him. And Derek, uh, he'll hook on with somebody, and I'm sure and, and do a great job there if he's not back here, right? So he's, he's a true pro and a heck of a football player.
2: Andy O. Uh- Chris tied a career high in sacks. He talked to us on the off season just about leaving some players on the field in the AFC championship game. Did you see that motivation kind of lead to, to what he accomplished this year?
5: Yeah, he uh, he worked tremendously hard in the off season <clears throat> and uh, not that he hasn't been, but he, he really worked hard at it. I, I think uh, he and Joe um, Cullen uh, hit it off and that's uh, they have a nice little thing going there chemistry wise. And, and uh so I think that was a, a plus, Joe's a master technician, uh, especially in the pass rush game, both things, but pass rush in particular. And, you know, he, I'm sure Chris would tell you, he gave him a couple of little things he could use. And, and, uh, you know, Chris did the rest. how about Carl office and what's, uh, obviously he's come quite a way since the yeah. early season, what about his development? Yeah, I'm proud of that kid, because uh, <laughs> it's hard. that. It's hard to make it through as a rookie, period. Seventeen games, <clears throat> but uh, get better every week at that position, uh, um, you know, is something. I mean, that's a—it's as much mental as it is physical, and and he is relentless. You see him at practice; he goes 100 miles an hour at practice, and he transfers that into games. So, my hat goes off to him.
3: Andy, you, you spoke about Kadarius earlier. I just wonder if you could elaborate on the. The dimension he seems to be giving you, the versatility and explosiveness, and especially at this time of year.
5: Yeah, he does. And, and, the you know, the way we're running the ball, our running backs are, are working like crazy on that. And you saw the big one that, that Ten had at the end. But you kind of mix that in, and, and Kadarius has got a little bit of each. He's got the receiving part, and then you hand him the football, and uh, he, he, he can do some damage. So. And he loves to play. I mean, that's a, the thing you appreciate about him.
4: McKinnon had a six straight game with a touchdown. How critical has he
0: been to this offense?
5: Say that one more time.
6: I...
4: Um, McKinnon has had a six straight game with a touchdown. How critical has he been to this
6: offense?
5: Um, Yeah, big. I, I wasn't sure who he asked about, but that uh, – good, yes.
6: Coach, I want to ask you about Max Crosby. Um, seems like he – was able to do some things against your offense today what does he what does a guy like that bring to the to the Raiders team
5: yeah so that's something gonna, you know he's an all-pro player <clears throat> and um and he's needs 100 miles an hour likewise every play and he's gonna get there he you know going against his old teammate and those two get after each other um with Wiley I'm talking about so college teammate um but he, he's my hat goes off to him he's, a hat, he's gonna get there you know he's, he's a good player he's gonna get there every once in a while but You just want to make sure it doesn't completely disrupt uh, your your offense.
2: Uh, Coach, just uh, the first half, there was a sack interception, Juju big play, Tony big play, touchdown, just seeing the defense and the offense just gel during that stretch, and you saw a lot more of that this time around. How key is it, obviously, getting both sides gelling like that going into the playoffs?
5: Yeah, we needed that. We we really hadn't uh, put it all together. Um, I thought this was – (laughs) <laughs> a good time that you know. if I had to pick a time to do it, this was a good time to do it. We strive for it every week, but it seemed like it all kind of came together uh, today, which was which was a plus. Right, thanks,
2: okay, good. Patrick,
5: I asked Andy about this. i you but a lot of changes this season. What do you
2: think
4: allowed you to still wind up here? I mean, it starts with the, the organization and the coaches. I mean, they've set a culture here that I mean, it was started before I was even here. And so um, you get a lot of guys in here that learn how we do things. Um, we have a lot of veterans on our team. And when you bring in uh, new guys, you just you just show them by the way you act. And uh, we luckily for us, Brett Veach and Coach Reed brought in a lot of guys that were ready to work and wanted to get out there as quickly as possible. And I think you've seen as the season's gone on, uh, those rookies are getting better. And then uh, the veterans are, are starting to hit the right moment going into the playoffs. I, I told Colin, I was like, I'm pretty sure Trav was wide open as my second read, but I was just like, I got to give him a chance. And I, there was like a, a linebacker almost stumbled. but I don't know if he'd have caught it. He he actually has really good hands, but I, I don't know about his vertical, so I don't know if I'd have been able to throw him a jump ball. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we work on stuff throughout the entire season. Um, and then try to call it in the right moments. Um, and Coach Reed gives, gives us some freedom to do some of our own flair to it. And so that uh, that circle one was one that we had kind of – we had ran some plays like it, and, and we talked about it on the side, and we were like, hey, let's, let's we'll, we'll see if we do this, get some confusion going to throw something back. Um, and the, all, the, all the things, it has to work, and it worked. We just got the holding penalty. So we'll have to uh, get some good stuff going for the playoffs, and uh, whenever we run it, it has to work.
3: Patrick, how much was the circle – play first of all was it snow globe or arctic circle and second how much did did you have to say and how that got designed to begin with
4: yeah it's it's a combination it's like reindeer person the arctic circle um snow globe whatever i mean that it's i just call it snow globes easiest way to that's why i said it out there it's easiest way to say it it's it's a long play call but uh yeah it's um it's a it was something we had we had kind of practiced on actually last year uh of doing that kind of getting confusion going and getting to the line and snapping it. We didn't get the chance to run it last year. Um, it kind of got thrown, not away, but you, you kind of, as you season get started up, you go back to the basics. And as the season went back on, I was like kind of nudging Coach Reed. I was like, hey, let's, let's bring it back in a different way. And uh, we didn't have that throwback on it the last time we ran it. Um, so hopefully we can maybe do it again and get back to whatever we, we ran last time and get another touchdown.
2: Patrick, you were pretty critical of your own play last week. Um, your first pass today obviously goes for 67. Can you walk us through that? But it didn't look like Justin was your first read on that play. I wonder if you could walk us through that and also just hitting a deep ball on, on your first pass.
4: Yeah, I mean, I still could have been better, especially in the second half. But, um, yeah, it was nice to get that going early especially. And like you said, Justin wasn't the first read, but he was kind of like those alert. He's like an alert where you get your eyes there just to see – um, and, and he, he did a good job on that motion. He didn't get the ball thrown to him all practice, and he, and he was just staying alive. And They played the a coverage that they don't play a lot, um, where, they, where they're playing a little too into the, the field. Um, he kind of got down that, uh, where would be the red line, the sideline, um, and I was able to get the ball to him and make a play. Um, I will disappointed he didn't score. He's supposed to be like the fastest dude on the field, but he, he didn't get in there, so I'm sure McColl and Marquez will give him a little crap for that.
1: Hey, Patrick, I'm wondering what it felt like to step on the field for the first time after DeMar Hamlin's injury
4: yeah it was definitely definitely weird man i mean it's 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 um it's a game that you love uh a game that you love that you've played your entire life and you've enjoyed had so many great moments and it's brought so many great things to you um but obviously um with the situation that happened on Monday night with DeMar, I mean you still have that in the back of your mind um not not him going down or anything like that, but just you you want to be there for him. There's so much stuff bigger than football uh that was kind of in your mind and so I was just glad we were able to get out there, and, and even though it was we were the first team back, I, we were able to get through there with not a lot of injuries, and, and guys were able to just go out there and enjoy it and have fun again. And um, I, I said it uh, at the end of the game there, um, the broadcast, but it, I mean, it helped out a lot that he was able to make that video. Even though I didn't see it, he made the video and was able to talk to his teammates again, and everything's looking great because that gives you a little bit of that final thing, like, all right, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to go out there and, and give joy to not only us but the, the rest of the world watching us. Patrick, you're 27-3 against the AFC West. Did division wins mean more to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, that, that was something that was instilled with me uh, right when I got here is um, the we were going to focus on the AFC West opponents. We, we believe we have one of the best divisions, not the best division in football. Um, and so we know if we can handle business in the AFC West, it's going to put us in the position uh, to be where we want to be at, at the end of the year. Um, and so, the, like like I've said a lot, is our first goal is win the AFC West. Second goal is uh, to get home field advantage, which we're – in a weird spot there. Um, but uh, now we're gonna get this by and try to get back to the playoffs, um, get a home game at Arrowhead and, and try to handle business there against what will be another great football team. If you look at the AFC the AFC in general, every single team, uh, one through really eight, nine can, can make a run at the Super Bowl. So we know we're gonna get a, a good test, no matter who it is.
3: Patrick, just again, back to the, uh, the the spin play, just in this sense, how much does that speak to just sort of the general creativity among you guys and how it keeps us fresh and vibrant in a lot of ways that to go to work yeah no I mean follow up. I
4: yeah it's 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 um it's you have to have fun out there I mean we we practice hard uh we go out there and we, we try to get the best out of every single day uh, but the coaches let us have fun and I think that's what keeps us going um and it's a long season a lot of practices and sometimes you just want to play the games but uh we built this uh culture of let's go out there and practice have a great time doing it enjoy it have fun um, but at the same time, uh, let's be great. And, uh, that stuff that, uh, like I said, was here before I even got here and I'm glad I'm in this organization and get to do it every single day.
3: And then just a quick follow-up, just seeing Kadarius, again, add another dimension. How much do you think he's looking like he'll be a real factor for you guys going forward in ways that, you know, we couldn't have seen before?
4: Yeah, even, even more than I think we thought. I mean, we, we knew he was talented, um, but, to, for him to, to get accustomed to the offense this fast and be able to be out there for multiple plays now and, I mean, even if he's not getting the football, he's in the right spot. He's doing the right things. He's getting himself open. Um, it just adds another dimension. He's, just, he's a special type of talent that's different than any, any player that I think I've played with as far as the way he's lateral, he's able to move. Um, and so uh, he, he's getting better and better at running routes that we run in this offense. I think you all saw that today. Um, and now let's, let's try to get 17 back, another speed guy, and we, I think this offense can even take it even a, another step.
2: Pat, just wondering about Max Crosby, you're playing against him now for a few years here.
5: As a quarterback, does he always capture your attention, know where he is? What's he doing?
4: He's, he's an absolute monster. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, that's that's it. I mean, we know. I mean, we have a plan for him. He he. he everybody has a plan for him. He does a good job of still making an impact on the game. Um, and we go at it. I mean, he's a competitor like I am. Um, but I have so much respect for him because the way he plays. Because when, sometimes when you're – when you're that good and that talented, you can take plays off and he takes zero plays off. He, he plays the run, the pass, whatever it is, every single play as hard as you can. All right,
7: thank you. Um, it's been fun. Uh, we still got a ways to go. Leading into the playoff, um, it's not about how you start it's how you finish. And I think we finish in a good, good mind frame, good place as a D-line. Overall, uh, my supporting cast, what those guys have been able to do for me, free me open, Joe Cullen bringing him in as a mentor for me and as a D line coach has um, completely transpired my game, uh, whether it's the run game or the pass rush. So I'm very grateful.
3: How eager are you, or have you been for a while, to the
7: playoffs based on last year You know, last year stuck with me. Uh, I had two critical plays that I should have made, um, that I missed and um yeah, we know how the game went, so this year we we're eager to get after it. After the bye week, of course, and home field advantage. Chris, what
5: specifically has Joe Collins done for you that
7: uh, your game? Um, most importantly we have the same mind frame and <clears throat> passion towards pass rushing. And, you know I love to pass rush, uh natural born pass rushing. <laughs> But um, we emphasize on improving in the run this year. Um, taking my game to another level on the pass rush and the run game and um, pushing me to become a more complete player than just a pass rusher. Chris, is there
6: an extra bit of satisfaction when a team knows they're double-teaming you? you know they're double-teaming you, that the slot's coming to you, and you still get a sack after the first one
7: today? It's more so understanding. Um, I know it's coming. I haven't seen it throughout the year, and it's about my counter reaction, I'm gonna play it. what I'm able to do in this defense that spags allow me to do and um you know the first pla first one was very successful with it.
3: Chris, Chris, this is the first game since Demar Hamlin was heard. I, I wonder how
7: you processed any of that, if it was or wasn't a factor anyway before you got out there and played Um thoughts and prayers go out to Demar. Um I read that he's um, actually talking now and he sent a message to the team and that's tremendous to, to, to watch that um, from home on my couch, which it could have been one of my brothers who I played with. Um, I definitely was affected emotionally and going into this game, being the first game that's played since that um, incident that happened, you know, it was heavy on my heart. I said a prayer for him and um, I said a prayer for my teammates also to ensure that safety. I don't think it's ever out of your mind as a player to experience that. I think you try to mask it with what's going on in your surroundings. Chris, I
6: asked you last week about Colin Sonders and him being healthy. This week you
7: got a chance on offense. Did you see his play? What you Pat should have threw it. <laughs> Pat should have threw it. I'm blaming Pat. It's the quarterback fault. Um, we've been working at play since uh, week one of the season. And um, I think this is the second time they called it, the first time they called the timeout. Coach Reed took him out second time. Um, Pat should have threw it, but the defensive um, DB ran up Phil, which forced Colin to kind of angle it out, and he wanted to, yeah. Was it a good route? Uh, with the circumstances, uh, I can't go against my guy. He's a deep ball guy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> He's very poised. Um, I think with a repetition, he can can be a good quarterback in this league. Um, He'll stand in the pocket, he'll take a hit. He's very patient with it. He's understanding of the game, very shifty also, so much respect to him and uh, Raiders organization for believing in him and actually starting him over Derek Carr, wish him much success. Not against the Chiefs, though. Hey Chris, how
3: complete of a game was today's defensive How did you wait today?
7: We dropped a few interceptions. Um, we led two to three quarterback runs. Get out past six, state yards. I mean, uh, we can be better in that area, but I think we played pretty good uh, last game of the season. Um, knock on wood. Hopefully, everyone came out healthy. Um, and we got a week off. Um, we, we came in with the intention of knowing what's at stake and uh, what we're fighting for, and uh, we was able to win the game. Most importantly, so. Um, Heading to the playoffs, we get a bye week, we get home field advantage, everything we wanted going into this season and um, we're looking forward to the playoffs. We'll go three
3: more, I'll go Sam, Scott, and then one. Chris, how different of a player is George Carloff is from when first came
7: in the training camp where you're seeing now? I love George, man. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we kind of asked George to step in and be a starter on this defense. It's not comical, but um, he's answered. Um, I think he's going to be a tremendous player. Um, the more he play, the more repetition he, he's out there, the more he's able to fill the game, the more knowledge he has. And you got to be patient with him. He's young, um, you got to give him time to grow, but I love George, that's my guy. I have basically the same question, but the way
1: he's been such a consistent sack guy the last five, six games,
7: what does that do for you having another guy who demands that much attention? Um, what is it, five for five right now? Oh, okay, George. Um, yeah, um, he's been staying with me after practice, working on his pass rushing. Um, the commitment that he's, um, he's broadcasted throughout the season is starting to show on the field. And sometimes it doesn't translate with your work that you put in and you expect this. And sometimes you don't get that. And I was telling him, you got to be patient with that. Sometimes it's not for you to get it, you know, it's not in your plan to get as many sacks as you want to get. Sometimes it's about the growing process, what you learn throughout the year to become a player that you're going to be. So he's very understanding today. I have a lot of uh, talks with him about being patient. Don't be so hard on yourself. It's your first year. We know you want 20 sacks, and, you know, everybody wants the double-digit sacks, but it's a process that you got to go through in order to achieve that type of success. Just this level of satisfaction getting through the season and sweeping the division? Oh, man, that's refreshing. Um, Listen, um, you know, going into the year, uh, we had a lot of criticism on we might be the worst team in this division. And I know every player in that locker room and every coach in that locker room um, heard about it or seen it on social media or on ESPN. And with all the all the transitions, this defense—I mean, this um, division—made. Whether bringing in Chandler Jones, uh, Russell Wilson, and the Chargers, adding Khalil Mack, you know, they counted us out. And with, with Coach Reed and Pat and the supporting cast, we was able to overcome every adversity, every stick and stone that were thrown our way, and um, go undefeated in the division. So I think that's tremendous. Uh, it takes a lot to do that. That's not an easy task. It's, it's take it takes a lot from each individual also to buy in, and to truly believe in that. And um, I'm just extremely, I'm extremely proud of these of
6: these young men. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I feel like it benefits our defense is getting some rest. Uh, some guys got banged up, dinged up uh, in the back half of the season, so uh, opportunity to get healthy, uh, get fresh, and uh, just kind of clean up some small things. Uh, we had kind of a we played on Saturday, played on Sunday, played mm-hmm. on Saturday again, so it's been quick turnarounds. I uh, get to go back and watch the tape, so some we can clean up uh, prior games and uh, clean that stuff up uh, heading into playoffs. Hey, what was your level that you guys would still be here after? You, know, I mean you lost some leaders on both sides of the ball. Yeah, man, uh, I think that's a testament to our vets and our, and our coaches. Uh, they came in since training camp and I uh, trying to push us every single day, uh, finding new leaders. Uh, we got the vet guys, Chris, Frank, uh, Juan has been here a lot, a lot, played a lot of football for us. And Jay Reese coming in uh, from Houston, he played a lot of football for us. And so we had a good Nicholas of guys and we got a lot of young guys who are willing to buy in and um, do their job and do their 111th and uh, communicate um, and also just respect the other guys and come in and work every single day. And um, I, I, I praise those guys that we lost, uh, kind of set the standard of what, what we want to do here. And um, uh, we just had some guys come in and just buy into that and it helped us out a lot. Yeah man, uh I was there just a year a year ago, so uh I know how it could be up and down and um, how the training camp goes and if guys get dinged up, I see those guys still competing and uh, push through. Uh we all, all our rookies they did that uh, throughout training camp and it kinda of benefited them going the season, helping them make a back push uh for these last couple of games. You Oh yeah, like I said, like Patrick mentioned earlier, uh we kinda of wanna come in and win the AFC West. Uh, we know how good our division is. Uh so for that's our first one and also getting home field advantage and uh it's still in kind of a dicey situation with that one, but uh again, uh, we kinda of our goals and we kinda of accomplished those and um our next goal is kinda of compete for a Super Bowl. Uh we got a week off and we come back and kinda of compete for that as well. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, those games we didn't tackle very well, and uh, I didn't really tackle that good today. Um, so just cleaning, cleaning that up. I uh, feel like those those run at the catch and yards at the catches, playmakers on those two teams especially. Um, those guys can uh, catch the ball and get uh, get vertical and make plays, and so we just got to tackle too well in the playoffs in order to have a chance. Man. Uh, I guess the biggest thing is just him being him. Uh, he doesn't try to be anybody else. He knows who knows who he is. Uh, he comes in every single day and uh, try to give his best, and that's the only thing we can ask for. Uh, he comes in, uh, he plays three-tech, play the shade, play the end, uh, work plays a pass, uh, hold off double teams. We uh, keeps the linebackers clean. Uh, that's been a benefit uh, for me for sure, um, and then also for Willie and the other guys, and uh, also the D linemen. Uh, we always know that Tristan do not get the slide, so uh, backside usually can get one-on-ones, and so it helps uh, the backside generate pressure, and that's good for our defense as well. <coughs> uh, since you joined your, uh, City Chiefs the culture and you Oh yeah, since I came here, uh, the standard's I've always been winning. Um, we come in the training camp, we bust our butts off to try to put ourselves in position to win games. Um, and ultimately, I uh, win the AFC West. And so, uh, Coach Reed and uh, our coaches, Coach, coach Spaggs, uh, they do a great job pushing us every single day. I try to put ourselves in that position. And um, Um, As we stay kept going, uh, when the roads get tough, it brings us together. uh, I lean on the leaders a lot, um, it it forces us to kind of grow together. Um, Young guys, again, uh, those guys have been uh, terrific. Uh, They've been buying into the culture and uh, pushing themselves every single day to get better. And I think that's what it takes to be good in the league. Yeah, I actually didn't see that in the game today. Uh, so uh, I might not uh, speak correctly on that, but I see him do it in practice. Uh, they kind of do it every, every, uh, every week. And so I uh, just have fun with it, man. And no um, don't know who's getting the ball. Uh, those guys are playmakers. the dynamic on offense. And Coach Reed does a great job uh, putting guys in position to make plays. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Nick. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Support for this show comes from Fundrise.
3: Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise Flagship Fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months.